Welcome to RS6 Society, a podcast series where researchers from King's College London and people with lived experience explore together how social factors contribute to mental health problems. For this four-part series, we're doing things a little bit different. This is a Reach Young Persons Takeover, where we'll be discussing all things related to mental health and young people. I'm Karima. I'm Adna. And I'm Tashu. And we're all Young Persons Community Champions on the Reach team, bringing you the four-part series. REACH stands for Resilience, Ethnicity and Adolescent Mental Health and we've worked with over 4,000 young people to help us understand the best ways to promote good mental health among young people from all backgrounds. REACH is also interested in exploring the potential impact of COVID-19 pandemic on young people but most importantly what things help young people maintain good mental health during this time and the next steps to help young people thrive post-COVID. We'll be joined by some very special guests during this series, discussing issues that are important and relevant to us. This episode will focus on school and mental health. Statistics suggest that 50% of mental health conditions begin by the age of 15. And so adolescence is an important period of developing strategies and habits to maintain positive mental well-being. As mentioned, the REACH study is interested in understanding the best ways to promote good mental health and well-being amongst young people. From February 2016 to January 2018, 4,353 secondary school pupils took part in our annual questionnaire, which asked them all about their experiences and mental health. Based on these questionnaires, we have found that one in five pupils were experiencing difficulties with their mental health. That's approximately six in a class of 30. There have been so many changes since then due to the COVID-19 pandemic social distancing, remote learning, changes to exam, economic impacts, and the fear of the unknown have all been challenging for us young people. To discuss this further, we're joined by Louise, one of the secondary school teachers at our local schools. Could you tell us a bit about yourselves, Louise? Um, hi, um, so I've been a teacher at Langley Park School for Girls for over 10 years now. Um, I've really enjoyed working at the school and continue to. Um, I teach predominantly psychology, but I've taught a lot of other different subjects um, at the school as well. And over the last three years, um, I've gone part time at school to allow me to sort of pursue my own research interest as well. So I've just finished up a research project looking at sensitivity and attention. um, And that's just drawing to a close at the moment. Your research um, study sounds very interesting. I'd love to hear about it more. But my first question is, as young people, we often feel that there's one size fits all approach when it comes to mental health support within school. From your perspective, as teachers, do you also feel this is the case? Yeah. Now, is your question regarding sort of the provision for students or the provision for teachers? I imagine students. Yeah, for students. Yeah, I feel like... um, a lot of the time, sort of, I guess, mental health in schools, it's a lot of the time trying to deal with very complex matters with quite limited resources a lot of the time. And so while more and more teachers and other support staff in school are gaining expertise in lots of different areas of teenage mental health, um, a lot of the time, the training that is provided perhaps doesn't really sort of unveil the complexity and the sort of more uh, sort of uh, nuanced approaches that might need to be taken for individual students. 
I don't yeah. know whether that fits with your experiences as students in school. I feel like personally, with my school specifically, I feel like they've taken like different approaches depending on the student and like the streams of the case. I know my school have opted for like smaller like sessions where you just talk to um where you talk to like, I don't know what they call them like a, a psychologist mm-hmm. and then they also have like sessions where you can talk to a counselor so I feel like maybe when I was younger but as I've gotten older they have more of a variety of approaches they take for different students so was this the same case for during COVID or before COVID or post-COVID This is post-COVID, so I think before COVID, there wasn't that mu- there wasn't that much of a variety for um, like approaches to um, mental health for students. But I feel like since COVID, there's been many studies, and I feel like they understand a bit better mm-hmm. that you know just going through such different times, things we've never happened before, like a, a long-standing lockdown mm-hmm. where they've they've. I don't know, try to have a new approach to children's mental health in schools. All right. Because I um when I was at school, um, I often felt like there was a one size fits all approach to mental health. I felt like all of us fit into some neat box and that we were getting help as because because help was needed, but no one actually cared about individual cases. Everyone was just like, oh, everyone's going through COVID, therefore you're all having the same issue type thing. And I was like, it's not the same for all of us. All of us have different experiences. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't know if this is related, but do you guys feel like it's school's um, responsibility to handle, like, students' mental health? Was it, like, more of the parents? Or, like, it's just the school's responsibility for, like, passing on information to parents? Um, I think it is school's responsibility because for a certain amount of hours, you're at school like if you deep it you're at school more time than you're at home so you spend more time to your teachers than you do at your parents so they should be the responsible to take care of uh, mental health it seems like why you put all the pressure from teachers but like you just said like for example if something bad was happening at home they wouldn't know about it so why would you not want to know about my mental health issues you want to know if my that yes I'm not going to go into details about certain situations but you wouldn't know that so at school you should care about my mental health too so I think it's their responsibility but don't take it off the parents too because they obviously should know a lot about their parents but with the first question I can, I'm in the middle I think it depends on the student it depends on the school if it's a one like one size fix I feel like like you said, in my case, one of my friends, I know that they, they did something completely different. Like, a lot of us had counselling kind of mental health issues, but she had, like, some art therapy thing, and I feel like very different, like, normally. But she didn't... And then she, one of her counsellors, her art therapy thing, like, went, and that, that made an impact on her. That's, like, a long, long story. And I think it depends on the person how they express the mental health issue. I feel like if you express the mental health issue really well, mm-hmm. then the school will try to do something about it. But if you're, like, very cliche about it, you have to give the same answer to everyone else's. The school can't really help you as much as they maybe want to. Yeah, I totally agree. I felt like... I felt like school, I feel like, no, sorry. I feel like school and parents need to work together. I think there needs to be some middle ground because we spend a lot of time at home and it makes, it shapes part of our institution. And then we go to school for 40 hours a week and that is part of our life too. I feel like there needs to be some type of bridge. So yes, I feel like school should pass on certain information they've got to the parents and parents should do vice versa just to make sure that the, the child is being protected in every way. Yeah, I definitely agree for myself personally. 
Um, my next question is, do you think COVID-19 pandemic and lockdown contributed to higher stress levels in young people? Personally, I feel like, I feel like we need to dip, dip I don't know the word, differ the first lockdown with the second lockdown. Okay. I think the first lockdown, definitely. I so I was just finishing school. I wasn't, I had, I, there was nothing for me to do. I was just, I was just alive in my house. Like I, I had no stress. I wasn't going to school. Like I was literally just at home for like six months, just watching Netflix and that. However, the second lockdown, we, we, my year group had never done online learning. I don't think there was much of a, um, a good transition between um, in school learning and online learning. So I was really stressed. I felt like I couldn't keep up with um, schoolwork they was handing out. I feel like when I was in the second lockdown, they wasn't really taking into account the fact that we are home and we're doing online learning, which we've never done before. And I was still having, I still had so many like deadlines to meet up with. And I was very like stressed. Mm. See, I'm in the same year as you, Kareem, obviously. And um, obviously, I love the first lockdown. I feel like there was no stress at all. I had no exams. Like, it was a holiday, technically. Like, although I couldn't physically go on holiday, it was a mini break, if that made sense. But I feel like the, the second lockdown when we had... Because we were actually free lockdown. We had a second lockdown when we had... We were still going to school. Then we had a lockdown when we were actually um, not in school. We had online. And I really liked it. I feel like I liked it because I was at home. I was in my own comfort home. I could legit log on to form in my bed that sounds a bit weird but I did sometimes like it felt I like the comfort of my home a lot and I really I really enjoyed it like going into my room my desk I do my work I really enjoyed it I don't feel like there's a lot of stress I think the stress happened when I went straight back to school I think that's when everything started to happen did it did it catch up to me until a very long time and now I am feeling the consequences of online lessons but I feel like I didn't realize it to a very long time so I feel like when I first went back to school it was okay I was like yeah like I loved it I want to go back into lockdown but then now it's catched up with me so yeah I feel like it took a long time to catch up with me yeah I'm gonna go ahead and disagree with both of you um because I'm a year older than both of you and I went to um the high the higher what's it called I was in the year above you guys um both lockdowns hit me quite hard first one obviously I had a bit of let's sit back and relax little did I know that sitting back and relaxing at the end of year 12 it's not what you should be doing um and then it caught up with me and then the beginning of 13 I had no idea what's happening half of my grades were D's and below and I was very confused I was like what's happening um and then we had the second lockdown which completely shattered me and had lots of like quite negative impacts on a lot of people and um I know that I know that the second lockdown hit quite a few people in my school really really hard too and and I I I don't want to make this sound really really bad but at the end of the second lockdown we I lost a friend of mine and it to say that lockdown and COVID has hit me and my friends really really hard is an understatement and it was horrible it was absolutely atrocious um and so yes I feel like stress levels were really really high for people that were sitting their exams that year and I think COVID wasn't the thing that we needed but you know well the interesting thing I think part of the agenda in schools now is saying okay post-covid there's an increase in um in stress amongst teenagers and mental health problems but I feel that one thing that's potentially been overlooked is how coming so a lot of the focus was on how mental health decreased being out of school 
Whereas I don't think enough focus has been placed on mental health struggles with the reintegration to coming back to full-time education and being in such a busy environment again for quite a lot of people. Um, I feel like a lot of students have had a lot of extra things that maybe they've had to do to catch up on schooling. And there's been a lot of pressure to kind of do more in school. But that readjustment back into this sort of busy, quite overstimulating world perhaps is something that's been overlooked. Exactly. I completely agree. Um, I wanted to point out that as students, some of us may have felt the impact of COVID-19 on our mental health. And I know that I have definitely felt the pressure uh, when I came back to finish my A-levels. Um, however, we appreciate um, teachers may have also found this to be a difficult time. How did you find this period? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, school is, you know, a very frantic, busy environment. And I guess I got quite used to teaching from home, being in more control of my environment, the light, the temperature, the noise. Um, and so coming back into school did feel like quite draining. I know a lot of other teachers who said um, that by the end of the first couple of weeks back after long-term sort of working from home, they felt way more tired than they had before because we got so used to sort of working through our own schedules, maybe having a little bit more sleep because of not commuting and things like that. Um, I don't know whether it was possibly similar for some students as well, perhaps. Yeah, it, this just shows how COVID had an impact on many people in different ways. It, it helped many people mm. and it didn't help many people. Mm -hmm. I feel like in, we all can agree with some extent, but we can't agree at the same time because everyone dealt with different, everyone had a different situation. Mm -hmm. Like I said, my impact of COVID came much later. The stress of COVID came much later and it happened straight away. And for you, like you said, it happened straight away. Like you felt the impact straight away. As soon as you were in COVID, it felt like a nightmare. But mm -hmm. I don't think it was a fun situation for anyone at moments of time it was. Yeah. But then the later causes, it's bad or during the time it was bad. So yeah. I do understand that. Sorry for your loss. Totally agree. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I honestly agree with your statement about how everyone experienced COVID so differently. Like some people had like family who was um, working in the front lines, people who was in school, people who was like stressed about work. But we, when we talk about coming back from lockdown, we talk a lot about how it affected students, but we never think about how it affected the teachers who were actually teaching it. Yeah, um, I think one of the hardest things was the sort of trying to do the best for students as well in quite tricky circumstances with the the access to technology that some students didn't have and trying to get that for them but there were some positives in terms of sort of um if if you have a preference for sort of quieter working environments perhaps yeah, so my next question is, from September 2020 to February 2021, 49 young people were involved in the REACH project and took part in interviews and diary entries about their experiences during lockdown. One of our young people from our diary studies said that they felt a lot of pressure from the uncertainty of exams. They also felt mm. unmotivated and less able to keep up with teachers' expectations. How do you think that this uncertainty and pressure affected young people and teachers? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think that the uncertainty around assessment, I mean, it was 
the pressure on teachers, I think, were, was quite hard in terms of teachers having to be there to reassure the students whilst we were getting information at a really late stage as well. So it's like we were trying to provide this reassurance and this sort of consistency and keeping students sort of morale up. And yet we things were chopping and changing for us sort of um, very quickly. Um, and I think the students that I worked with in that time handled it, handled it super well. Um, but I think for a lot of students, that sort of lack of certainty would lead to a dip in motivation. Um, but hopefully what a lot of teachers around the country might have done was to sort of try to sort of build up that internal motivation rather than just focusing on the external motivation of exams. Um, did you feel any additional pressure or responsibility for students' future due to like the weighing of pred predicted exams, how important they behave now? Oh, completely. Um, so the judgments around teacher assessed grades, I mean, we really upped the level of um, within department moderation because that sort of knowing that the threshold, if, one, if a student was just one or two marks around a threshold for a particular grade and the effect that putting them below or above a particular threshold would have on their future, you, these thoughts, you know, they don't leave you at the end of the day when you sign off your computer, you're thinking about it a lot and thinking about the impact these decisions have sort of on the students moving forward. And it's a lot of pressure to kind of carry around with you, especially if you are a person who tends to overthink things and, you know, um, don't just make a decision and leave it. Yeah, I 100% agree. I wouldn't want that pressure on myself for being in year 11 at a time you don't really think about the teacher side of point you think about yourself and like how it's going to affect you you don't think about the pressure on the teachers I feel like people forget that teachers are humans as well and they do not know anything as much as we knew they knew they I know my teachers well everything they knew they would tell me and I feel like we just thought they knew much more like they had a lot of pressure for, on exam results predicted grades legit people's futures were in their hands like they had so much pressure on them and I feel like yeah people just didn't understand it and there's a lot of stress even online lessons they've never done online lessons before in their mm -hmm. life having to change to this was a lot of pressure not how to do it people just I feel like it had a lot of pressure on teachers honestly yeah and let's not entirely forget that teachers are human beings too they have their own lives have their own family have their own friends you know they couldn't go out either and suddenly they have these kids that depend on them for their futures and everything has been flipped on its head, just like just like we felt it, they felt it too. And they must have had family that was struggling with a lot of things and people they couldn't see and grandparents they couldn't visit. You know, life was tough for all of us at some point. But my next question is, do you have any thoughts around support from the government for teachers during COVID-19 and post-COVID? Um, I guess, oh, I hope I don't get into trouble for saying this. Um, I guess my thought is that there, it, there's a lot of headline grabbing sort of like we're throwing money at this tutoring but it seems that a lot of things have been done in a way that um, it hasn't been strategically planned and it hasn't been delivered in a way where schools have had what they need at a time when it's helpful to have it so um, you know being able to plan how you're going to use a graduate tutor or some extra you know tutoring services that you could buy in 
in advance of the start of the school term so you can get the best out of it rather than sort of trying to make decisions on the go while um, you've got all the other responsibilities in school happening still. Um, and I do think, you know, the exam boards in terms of the provision of the, the pre-release materials, that was something that, um, you know, it was just things that had already been published before. And so it led to feelings of, oh, am I doing enough to sort of rigorously analyse the work if they've seen these questions before? And it put a lot of strain on people, I think. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I heard a lot about people who were in the year above me about all of the, how it felt, especially with getting, like, what they were going to do so late on. So mm-hmm. we have found that approximately five children in a classroom of 30 are likely to have mental health problems. How can we create a more supportive environment for teachers and students to seek mental health support? That's a really good question. Um, I guess the main thing is for ease of accessibility. I think part of the problem at the moment is that, you know, um, when it comes to students, there's a need there, but there maybe isn't always the easy access. So it might be that they have to make a disclosure about how they're feeling to somebody, and that takes a lot of courage. And then, you know, maybe they're then get put on a wait list and then during that wait list time there's a lot of anxiety um, and in terms of teachers I guess because they're working such long hours um, opportunities to seek out help aren't often taken up because one of the things that they're most short of is time. <laughs> I don't really understand how to tackle teachers maybe because they're older different approach that you wouldn't treat um, a four-year-old and a 26-year-old mental health like in this in the same way mm-hmm. so like for the students I would like to see some teachers be real with students I because I know that teachers must have go, been going through a lot and we know that teachers have been going through a lot but I don't think other students are aware I think other students just think teachers live at school and I feel like is if teachers like when you know what lockdown is really hard on me too and you know we were struggling with this or like I didn't like this part of this or like I didn't like having to be in the same room all day for that many days and be real with a student and tell them that I feel like would genuinely give teachers more of a 3D shape if you know what I mean and that would be really really nice for me as a student to see I would love to see that but I feel like at the same time teachers need to be talking to other teachers and making sure they can they are also okay to seek help yeah definitely on your first point I definitely agree. I feel like I love when everyone's open with each other and definitely can see things, but then it goes with technical issues. You were too personal for your students, you get a bit mm. too comfortable, etc. etc. Yeah. But just like um, yeah, just being like just being real, being like it's not easy, like it's not easy being and just letting them know. But another thing, just listen. Mm. I feel like everyone should just listen to each other and talk. That's something I feel like make a much better environment, listening and talking. Especially, this sounds like cliche, everyone says it, but the government. I feel like they're so... Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to let me not say what I'm going to say, <laughs> but I feel like they're so far, like they're so far from everyone, that they're not real. Like, how can you not, like, understand? Oh, I, I can't explain it properly, but just listen to what people are trying to say yeah. and take it into consideration because we're humans and you're 
my life is technically in your hands. Like, like for example, the grades, the teachers, like my life is in your hands. The way you deal with the exams is in my hands. So mm-hmm. just listen and talk to each other. I feel like that that will make a big difference and a better environment for everyone. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a blanket solution to these things. You know, we can always discuss what, what we think should happen, what we should, what we think we should do. But there isn't really a clear answer. So having these discussions really help. Yeah. Yeah, that's all our questions we actually have today. Thank you for taking your time to talk with us. And it's been very insightful. Thank so you much. very much. Thank you so very much. Thank you to all of our special guests who have participated in sharing their views during this four-part series. Bye. 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 <laughs>